WMRA News. I'm Bob Levicky. While Virginia schools still struggle with teacher shortages compounded by the pandemic, some members of the General Assembly are addressing the scarcity. The U.S. Attorney General wants more prosecutions for environmental crimes. And in our part of Virginia, that could mean going after industrial polluters and could mean better water quality, too. And full disclosures, Robin Farzad talks about whether you'll soon be paying more to get a better seat when you go to the movies. This is the WMRA Daily for Tuesday, February 14th. Schools in Virginia are still struggling with teacher shortages compounded by the COVID-19 pandemic. Some members of the General Assembly are addressing the scarcity. Megan Pauley with VPM News reports. Delegate David Reed is sponsoring a bill to allow schools to bring back retired teachers for part-time work, as long as they're eligible for the same health care benefits as full-time teachers. Retired teachers had said to me, I'd be willing to come back and teach part-time just for the health care. The bill sailed through the House and now heads to the Senate. Reed has also proposed a budget amendment for a statewide teacher mentoring program. It's called Reach Virginia, and the Democrat says it's in need of financial help. We need to stop talking about the fact that there's a teacher shortage, and we need to start putting money towards solving the problem. Meanwhile, several other measures from both sides of the aisle that sought to train and retain teachers have been unsuccessful. Megan Pauley reporting. One bill headed to Virginia's Senate would require school districts to spend federal COVID-19 relief funds by July 1st. The Virginia Mercury reports that districts that still have more than 20 percent of the money they were allocated would be required to send funds back to the Virginia Department of Education. The money would then be distributed to other districts. Critics of the proposal say that individual districts have planned how the money should be spent and that the bill would interfere with their strategies. The General Assembly is considering new protections against violence for physicians and health providers. Virginia Public Radio's Michael Pope reports. Healthcare workers are increasingly the target of threats, and now members of the General Assembly seem to be poised to do something about it. Clark Barino with the Medical Society of Virginia says physicians all over the Commonwealth have had their lives threatened. When an office has to close because they've been threatened to kill their whole staff, patients miss out, the sheriff has to get involved, and a pediatric office can be closed up to a week, staff are going to quit. It is a pervasive problem that's only growing both anecdotally and by the facts. The Senate is now considering a bill introduced by Delegate Rob Bell, a Republican from Albemarle County, that would change what's needed to prosecute threats against health care providers, removing the location element that they need to be in a hospital or an emergency room or in a clinic. Richard Ridge of the Virginia Nurses Association says one in three nurses experience violence at work. Removing location restriction from the current law is, is important because only 36 percent of nurses work in hospitals. More and more care is being delivered outside. Nursing homes, home care, other clinics, other settings. The bill has already passed the House of Delegates with a bipartisan vote. And this week it emerged from a Senate committee with a bipartisan vote. The full Senate is expected to take it up later this week. Governor Youngkin's agenda regarding drug overdoses due to fentanyl could be upended in this year's session. And Michael has that story. At the beginning of the General Assembly session, Governor Glenn Youngkin called on lawmakers to allow felony homicide charges against drug dealers who supply fentanyl in cases that result in fatal overdoses. The bill was introduced by Republican Senator Richard Stewart from King George County. 
We're not talking about addicts here. We're talking about drug dealers that are selling fentanyl to people and they know it's going to kill them and they ought to be held accountable. Senator Scott Suravel is a Democrat from Fairfax County who says it's way more complicated than that. Many of the drug dealers that I've seen in my practice are addicts, which is how they become a drug dealer, number one. Number two, I've also seen situations where a lot of users get turned into dealers because they want to cooperate with prosecution and they never were a dealer to begin with, but they ended up getting caught dealing because they're under pressure to cut a deal to work their sentence down. So it's easy to talk about drug dealers, but the world is not that simple. On Monday, a Senate panel rejected Stewart's bill and ended the governor's effort to go after fentanyl dealers. In a written statement responding to the vote, a spokeswoman for the governor says he's disappointed that Senate Democrats are preventing votes on what he calls common sense bills. Reporting from the Capitol in Richmond, I'm Michael Pope. After Senate Democrats effectively ousted Virginia's health commissioner, a top Virginia Department of Health official has been tapped to lead agency operations for now. Governor uh, Youngkin's administration has asked VDH Chief Operating Officer Christopher Lindsay to handle uh, day-to-day operations at the agency. Meanwhile, the governor's office is working on a, a list of potential replacements for Dr. Colin Green. The health commissioner must be a licensed physician and could be drawn from any of Virginia's 35 local health districts. Senate Democrats voted last week to remove Green, who was reprimanded by the Board of Health last year for remarks he made in an interview in which he called gun violence, quote, a democratic talking point and questioned the role of structural racism in health outcomes. Full disclosure, the Virginia Department of Health underwrites programming on WMRA. More pregnant women enrolled in Medicaid are getting dental care after a 2015 change in state regulations that expanded coverage. The Virginia Mercury reports that a study from Virginia Commonwealth University's School of Dentistry and Business found uh, Medicaid enrolled pregnant women who self-reported having dental insurance jumped from about 45% to nearly 72% in the three-year period following the change. Those receiving dental services grew from about 30% to nearly 45%. Prior to the 2015 change, emergency extractions were the only dental service coverage available for pregnant enrollees. Attorney General Merrick Garland has requested the Justice Department to increase emphasis on prosecuting environmental crimes. The U.S. Attorney for Virginia's Western District says he's ready. Virginia Public Radio's Sandy Hausman reports on what that will mean for national parks, forests, and communities. In law school, U.S. Attorney Chris Kavanaugh couldn't decide whether to specialize in criminal or environmental law. Now he gets to do both and says his team is ready. We have recognized that environmental crime and injustice touches all communities, cities, towns, and rural areas. But in particular, communities of color and low-income communities often bear the brunt. I have a large amount of prosecutors that are in Charlottesville, Roanoke, and Abingdon that are fit and ready to do these cases. Working with investigators from the EPA, Kavanaugh says they'll focus on two areas. The first is factories or manufacturing businesses and corporations that are exposing communities to toxic air pollutants. Second is the introduction of wastewater into our streams and rivers. That's a criminal offense under the Clean Water Act. And if polluters have falsified records, he adds, they will also face prosecution for obstruction of justice. Kavanaugh says polluters may have gotten comfortable during years of lax enforcement, but that time is now over. 
I'm Sandy Hausman. Another dead whale has washed up in Virginia Beach. It's the second in less than a week. Laura Fillion with WHRO has more. The whale that washed up at Chicks Beach was a North Atlantic right whale. Right whales are a critically endangered species, with no more than 350 left. Nearby resident Patty Rankin saw the whale's body out her window yesterday. It was floating in the bay, and at first she thought it was a capsized boat. Having heard about a previous beaching, I thought that's exactly what this is. And then, you know, people started posting pictures up on social media, so it's very sad. 40-year Chicks Beach resident Ginger Ferris says this is the first beach whale she's seen here. And it's particularly concerning that this is the second one in such a short time. I think we just need to realize that we're all interconnected. NOAA officials plan to do a necropsy of the body to find out the cause of death. Laura Fillion reporting. And finally today, would you be willing to pay more for a better seat at a movie theater? And what are the best seats at the movie theater? Might might depend. Robin Farzad, host of Public Radio's Full Disclosure, and Virginia Public Radio's Craig Wright, have more on what, what might become standard operating procedure at some theaters. Last week, AMC Theaters announced they would be going to tiered pricing for movie tickets. The reaction was swift and loud. Robin, it seems theaters had just begun to rebound from the impact of the COVID pandemic. What is going on here? You're trying to find coins in between the cushions. I mean, if you're AMC, you know, it's a it's a cyclical decline. It's a secular decline. You know, the pandemic sounded a death knell for much of the motion picture industry. It accelerated everything in streaming so much that now that they were waiting for this pandemic to be substantially over and people to come back to the movie theaters, there's still Disney Plus, HBO Go, whatever it's called, you know, Netflix. Mm-hmm. You could see first release movies overwhelmingly at home and and these guys are like here we are with open arms and you haven't come back and so if people aren't coming back they're going to charge more of the ones that are in the theaters and it's becoming more and more like the coach airline experience well on one side we have people saying sporting events plays concerts have always had tiered uh, pricing so why not movies and on the other hand you have people even movie stars like elijah wood saying look the movie theater is a sacred democratic space for all that always has been and this is penalizing people with lower income i mean yes and no you can still stream these things at home it's still what what could you say? Back in the day, I would say those front seats, right? If I was a seventh grader <laughs> sneaking into an R-rated movie, you could rest assured <laughs> that those front seats were always available because you would blind yourself looking up at the screen. But even now, they're going to charge people $2 less for reserving those front seats. And everything in the cream of the middle is going to be at least $2 higher on a Friday night or something like that. And I think that you can understand their predicament. They're still looking for cash flow. Even if there are hit movies like the Top Gun sequel, you can only milk that for so much. You can only charge 12 or $15 for a popcorn or giant soda so very often. And, and they're just trying to tweak it like the airline industry did. I'm just kind of imagining because sometimes I'll go into a movie and there will literally be four people in the theater. So what happens when you don't want to buy the premium ticket? Can you not sit in the middle of the theater? I don't understand how they're going to police it. There's all kinds of other considerations. That's a great question. I've been on the receiving end of a, kind of a, you know, a tongue lashing from United Airlines flight attendants and JetBlue flight attendants when I tried to take the exit row seat on an empty flight. 
you know, it used to be that you could sit there if nobody was sitting there, but now they're like, no, we can go back and charge your credit card, sir, if you'd like to take it. Mm. And so meanwhile, you're smelling the great warm cookies wafting from first class and you go back to 25C, <laughs> right? That's just the way the world works. I will say the movie, the motion picture industry has never been so flexible in terms of variable pricing. Why not on the other end? You should not have empty movie theaters. If you see that something is a bomb or it's been received kind of with a tepid response, why don't you slash the price of those tickets? The better to fill up the theater. They've been pushing back against that argument for decades, but now when variable pricing suits them to increase average revenue per theater, they're of course going to jump into it and you're going to see the other chains follow suit. One has to wonder if traditional movie theaters will go the same way as drive-in theaters until we see fewer and fewer maybe going extinct altogether. Well, I'll say in defense, you did see drive-ins, especially in Virginia, make quite a comeback in uh, 2020 during the pandemic. The few that were left, uh, people wanted to be outside. They were hesitant to go back to the movie theaters. You know, you could never finally say the, the end is here for them because Hollywood right now is regretting having released everything straight to streaming. They realized that they were leaving a lot of money on the table by not staggering these blockbuster releases. So I think there's still another chapter or three to be written for the motion picture industry and movie theaters. We have been speaking with Robin Farzad. He is the host of Public Radio's Full Disclosure. I'm Craig Wright. Robin, we'll see you at the movie theater. Thank you, Craig. For WMRA News, I'm Bob Levicky. Thanks for listening and enjoy your Tuesday. Tuesday.